and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. The purpose of this podcast is to present the Word of God as being just as relevant today as it was in the day that it was written. Hello and welcome back to our continuing study on the pastoral epistles. In our study, we're going to be looking at Paul's instructions to Timothy, a young pastor, as to what he ought to know and do. This is lesson number two in our series. This is covering the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. So let's get right into our study. Look at chapter 2 of 1st Timothy and verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Notice that Paul says, I exhort. The term exhort means to urge, to encourage, to persuade, to try hard to persuade. So Paul is urging Timothy. He is encouraging Timothy. He is trying hard to persuade Timothy that he needs to pray for all men. Now notice that he's, the next word he uses when he says I exhort is the word therefore. Now when I was a young pastor, I can remember hearing a, another pastor make this statement. Anytime you read the word therefore, you should ask yourself the question, what is the word therefore? What is it pointing to? That's a simple explanation for Bible interpretation, by the way. What is it pointing to? It's pointing backwards to chapter 1, where he concludes the chapter talking about those who have set aside faith and have become shipwreck in their Christian life. So the purpose of our praying or the need for our praying is because Otherwise, men may set aside their faith and become shipwreck in their Christian life. So there's a need for us to pray for one another, lest we set aside our faith. Like these two men in the previous chapter, Hymenaeus and Alexander, and their Christian life become shipwreck. So we need to pray. Notice that he says, next, he says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, the very first thing you ought to do in your prayer life is that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. First of all, every preacher's primary duty is prayer. In Acts Chapter 6, I believe it is. Let me look at that. In Acts chapter 6, the apostles are confronted with a church that's got some gripers in it, complainers. And this is where you first find deacons coming into the picture. But in choosing out seven men of good report was what they tell the church to do in Jerusalem. Notice that in Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, let me read it to you. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer 
and to the ministry of the word. The primary duty of us as pastors is to give ourselves to prayer. Now he says, first of all, when we come back to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, first of all, he says that prayer is to be primary in our lives. We are to do and teach. Not only are we to do this, but we are to teach pastors, young pastors and young preachers to do the same. You see, doing precedes teaching. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, let me read that to you. It says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Doing preceded teaching. So he says, these are the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. We need in our lives to understand that it is our responsibility to be an example by what we do. Not only teach, but do and teach. You see, what we teach is not near as important as what we do. If we live lives contrary to the word of God, we cannot teach properly to live lives according to the word of God. So he says that first of all, the first thing I want you to do is pray and teach it. Now he says that supplications, supplications deal with supply, with humble, earnest prayer, usually in, on behalf of others. Like the man who came in the night and said, a visitor has come and I have no bread. And he goes to his friend and bangs on the door. And he says, I got a visitor and I need some bread. And the friend looks out the window and says, we're already in bed. Go away. But he continues to knock. And he says, I need some bread. That's supplications. He's praying for supply. So we need to come to God as preachers. And we need to open this book, the Word of God, the King James Bible. And we need to say to God, Lord, I need some bread. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we need to come knocking at the word of God daily and pleading with God for bread. Not only bread for us, but bread that we can feed others. Remember, preacher, it's our job not only to know the scriptures for ourselves, but to teach the scriptures to others also. Supplications. Abraham prayed for Lot in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 23 down through verse, uh, let me see, 32. He prayed and he begged God for Lot. He knew God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because God had told him. 
he begins in his prayer of supplication on behalf of Lot. Let me look it up here. He begins by asking God, if there's 50 righteous, will you spare it? God said, I'll do it. Well, how about 40? He said, I'll do it. How about 30? He said, I'll do it. How about 20? He said, I'll do it. You would think at this point that Abraham had tried God's patience. But God's, but he says to God, God, one more thing. One more thing. How about if there's 10? And God says, I'll do it for 10. Now we know that the city was not spared. Because as it turned out, there was Lot, his two daughters, and his wife. And that was all that was that escaped from that destruction. And even Lot's wife turned back and looked back and was turned to a pillar of salt. So three people escaped from that terrible destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham's prayer of supplication on behalf of Lot can be an example to us as to how we ought to pray on behalf of others. Supplications, prayers. Now, I've heard people say cute little things like, I didn't come to ask you anything, Lord. I just came to thank you. Well, the only problem with that is the prayer requires asking. Notice that God says we are that supplications and prayers. Asking is important. Prayers. Prayers are usually considered to be list of requests that we have on behalf of ourselves and on behalf of others. In Hebrews 4.16, listen to what the scripture says. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Notice that prayers are to be brought boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find the grace we need in time of needs. Prayer is a declaration of dependence upon God. I remember hearing a man teaching on prayer, and he said, you know, at one point I came to the Lord and I said, Lord, I just feel like a beggar. But you see, we're his children. We're not beggars. And we come boldly before the throne of grace with our prayers. Intercessions, he says. Not only is there supplications and prayers, but intercessions. Interceding has to do on the behalf of someone else. It can be for or against. As we read in Scripture, there are sometimes that it's against. Someone has said in a general sense, Intercessions deals with our prayers on the behalf of the lost, on behalf of this lost world. 
In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 12, it says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. This is a prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus Christ as he went through the garden of Gethsemane and the cross. He prayed on behalf of transgressors. He became our transgression. He became our sin that we might become his righteousness. Jesus prays in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Listen to it. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is as they're nailing him to the cross. And as they lift that cross up and drop it into the hole, he cries out and says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He prayed on the behalf of those that were crucifying him. He prayed for the transgressors. In John chapter 17 and verse 9, Jesus prays on behalf of Christians. He says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. So Jesus prayed on behalf of believers, those who had trusted Christ as their personal Savior. He prayed on their behalf. In the book of James, chapter 5 and verse 17, we find the example of Elias or Elijah who prayed against and for Israel. Listen to what it says. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So Elijah prayed against Israel that there be no rain to bring them under conviction. Then he prayed for Israel that there might be rain again. You see, we are to pray on behalf of others. Even those who may sin against us, we're to pray for them. But we need to be careful how we pray. We need to pray for Christians. And as Christians, one praying for another, we need to be praying for God's strength for them, God's grace for them, God's mercy for them, even as we need God's strength, God's supply, God's mercy, and God's grace. Then notice, not only does he say, supplications and prayers and intercessions, but he says, giving of thanks. You see, our prayers need to involve thanksgiving. Now, in our country, we have thanksgiving in November. One time set apart for us to thank God for the supplies of the past year. But listen, we're not supposed to just wait until thanksgiving to give thanks to God. We're supposed to be praying daily and thanking God for daily supply. 
thanking him that he supplies our needs, thanking him that he supplies the bread we need, thanking him that he gives the strength we need, thanking him that he gives the grace we need, thanking him that he gives the mercy we need. But not only thanking God for the things he's done for us, but thanking God on the behalf of others. Others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto be, the song said. Help me to live for others that I may live for thee. Our prayer ought to be, help me to pray for others. Lord, help me to pray for others. Because he says that these supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men. Now, that's a curious statement. Think about that. Be made for all men. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it hard to pray for people who mistreat me. Why? I don't know, because that's my flesh, to be honest. But God says I'm to pray and that I'm to bring supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks for all men. So if you want to have a backslidden Christian life, don't pray for others. Just pray for yourself. By the way, if you pray for yourself, you'll soon come to pray for others because the Word of God and prayer will convict you. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on the pastoral epistles. Now, before you go, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.